Hello and welcome to episode three of Football is Life. And sometimes death. I'm Niffer. And I'm Andy. And we've got a lot to talk about because Orlando City has been on quite a run of games. And also, Andy and I are really busy and have lives, so we can't record all the time. Um, actually, right now, Andy is coming to you from... Milwaukee, Wisconsin, the land of the cheese and cheese heads, <laughs> which is me, Andy, one of them. <laughs> yeah, I was say, Andy, you're, you're actually in your uh, secondary homeland as a Green Bay Packers fan. Oh, yeah. I love that, seeing people with cheese head and wearing Packers shirts. And that will make me make a lot of jokes with my wife, who is a big Bears fan. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, that's the other kind of football. We're not going to get into it. We got a yes, couple please. months left, um, but uh, let's just get into it. Starting with the DC United game, which feels like a lifetime ago. Um, what was Oscar Perea thinking of? Why in the world would you put three in the back against DC United? I think he was too ambitious, and he he said that after the game in the post game uh, interview. He said, it's my mistake. I was ambitious. He said that um, literally. I think he was trying to figure out a way to um, busy, make it congested in the midfield by having five in the field so they can play uh, more forward and more backward. But the problem is the type of player that we have, they can't serve the 3-5-2 in a very decent way. And even the two in the front, we didn't play really two. We play one and one. So it was a very weird formation that opened up the wings and opened up a lot of opportunities to DC. That's why you will see the possession. The possession in general it was great for us. We were 73% 27 for them. But the per- there was something wrong on the side. Because every time they go to the goal, they have an opportunity to score. Which mm-hmm. caused the, the, the issue that we saw a lot. If you realize the goals are that happened in that game were mainly it sneaks behind our back the three backs, because they don't know how to do the alternative coverage and go and cover the players, um, not the players, cover the back on the alternative side. So when you go in one side, usually the third back try to play and merge toward the center back which opened the other wing completely to anybody's running and open it up, even if they are coming from the wing and just a little bit going to the middle, this will open up. Uh, I think our center field players, they were not understanding the task of you need to go back, you need to help in pressing, you need to solidify the defense. They didn't do that. That caused the the massive five goals because if you look the second half we came and we were looking good and 2-1 and there is an opportunity and you can see just don't forget forget about the last two goals and once it was 3-2 it was very close game yeah 
No, I thought that we were going to have some opportunity. My problem is, well, there I've got a few problems. One, why don't we defend anywhere in the midfield? We wait every time. It's like they get close to the 18 and then then we start then we start closing out. That's that's now you've put everybody in the last section of the field. If we p- applied a little more pressure in the midfield between both boxes, it's like we don't know what to do there. And again, this is the problem we've been talking about where we don't have a very defensively minded midfield. And so if you're other than our are you home? Yeah. Arujo, that's the only player that's that true. has that. But the at the DC man. game, I literally watched Arujo be in like seven different positions throughout the game. He wanted to be everywhere, which I appreciate his heart. I appreciate that sometimes you have to like switch things up. But because our shape was so off the whole game, he was always out of position. And, you know, when your uh, you know, right winger is essentially staying up as a striker and your center back is pulling uh pulling over to cover the wings like the, we just were out we just it created all of those situations that allow for them to throw a long ball down the line and and have opportunities to come in behind and I don't know it's it's not that we don't have speed it's not there's just something that happens where there's too many people but not enough people simultaneously in the box and and it just creates a lot of chaos and they were able to capitalize on that especially those last two goals so let me just dissect uh, your statement because you see you bringing a very very good point so we started in the midfield to having Ruan on one side and Morlani Jake Morlani is on the other side and we have in the middle Mendes and Junior Urso that's how we started mm-hmm. and that's that's fine. That's actually great formation. But the problem is Jake Moraney and Ruan, they don't come back. And Mendes, I think this is another reason why we had the trade, and we're going to speak about that in a couple of minutes, but Mendes is not uh, integrated in our system for some reason. I don't know what happened. Which is insane because he's been here forever. Exactly. And he's going to the World Cup and he's a World Cup player and we are not integrating him. So that was a little bit mind-boggling to me. But I think Mendes was a little bit uh, in, in in a very, very not good position playing in this way. Then you have Junior also playing in the midfield back again mm-hmm. after he'd been playing for like five, six game as a winger. So I yeah. don't understand that piece from um, our lovely coach, Oscar Perea. When you want to make a change, why we are not doing it some sort of flick uh, very uh, smoothly. Just move one. So if you want to keep Junior or so, put it on the wing. And put somebody else in the midfield if you want to have an offensive midfielder. Even I don't agree with that at all because you have Junior Orso and then you have Alexander Pato and Perea in front of him. Then Kara in front. So you want to play Diamond in front of the midfield. So it was that's when it gets really tricky because he dropped Pato 
and Perea to the wings so they can open it up the field. But we are not, that's not how we play. That's not our DNA. If I am the coach, I will put that game, I will put Arujo instead of Orso and keep the formation that 3-5-2 because you have a studs in the middle and you have a very mind forward because the good thing about Arujo and Mendes, they are very good ball handler. And that mm-hmm. that will help our because we have high position and high accuracy of balls, which make me feel, yeah, we can handle the midfield, but we didn't have the defense to do that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just this interesting thing. I feel like every game I look at the possession statistics. And we, we seem to possess the ball more than our opponents, regardless of the scoreline at the end of the game. And so I, I don't know what that is. Um, I feel like we just, we, I don't know. Well, we'll talk, we'll talk a little bit about some of my theories as we move to the next games. But uh, DC United, it was, it, it, was a, it was a game we could have won, and we just didn't. Yes. And it, it's really hard when we drop points that we are unnecessary to drop. Um, and and it, and the scoreline looks so much worse than it really felt like in the stadium. So, DC United, um, you know that's fine. We're at the middle of the table, so we do need to win those. We need to not lose those games. We need to at least draw them. Um, but the next game, and, oh, and DC United, sorry, and DC United is getting better and better. Yeah. Now they have Rooney in there in there as a coach, which is gonna change them so their game's gonna be way tougher than what we experience on the 4th of july yeah um well that's true Uh, they are they are the bottom of the eastern conference but uh we should we should be able to beat teams (laughs) that are that i don't know what happens when we play teams that are low in the table we like I don't know. Anyway. Um. Yeah. Yeah, because that's – well, it's a good segue to playing uh, – our game was Colorado, but we need to talk about Miami first. We do need to talk about <laughs> Miami first. Um, so the game against Miami was – let me just set the scene for anybody who wasn't there. Think of the most uh, waterlogged you've ever been and then stand under the bleachers at Exploria Stadium for two and a half hours. And that's what it was like when we started the game. Um, the game started two and a half hours late because of a uh, weather delay. The game was already supposed to start at 8 p.m. So it was a late night. Um, in fact, the game didn't finish until after midnight. Um, and uh, it was it was a fun game. It was really cool. They had, um, this is nothing about soccer, but they had uh, a naturalization ceremony for new Yes. Uh, new American citizens during halftime, which was very cool. And I was there with a friend who I do some refugee and immigration advocacy work with. So it was like this really cool thing. So I'm glad I got to be there for that. And, um, you know, the game all in all, it was, it was, it was really uh, tight the whole game. Um, both, both teams. Which is the nature of this game because we are rivals. Yeah, no, it felt like a rivalry game. It was pretty physical, which I like. Um, I mean, I don't want anyone to get hurt, but I like when people play with intensity. And um, yeah, you know, I, if if we can't beat another team, I like when they beat themselves. And so that's what we had with Miami uh, and their own goal in the in uh, injury time. So it was it was a beautiful way to end the game. Uh, on to the next day, as it were. 
And uh, yeah, just a, it was overall just a really fun game. Did you get a chance to watch that one? Yeah, I watched that, I think, from in Kentucky uh, when we were driving up. And uh, I watched it up to, actually, it was Chicago. Uh, and I watched it and I in, I didn't complete it. And I wake up and I found out that we, are, we won 1-0 and I watched the goal and I was, wow. That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it was just a mistake from Lowe. Uh, I don't like. I don't even know how that. Honestly, I was like, "What is?" Oh, I mean, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. I agree, and uh, it's yeah. I I think it was a good game from what I watched. We had control. The numbers matched that, and yeah, it it was a good game. Nothing crazy really happened. I was glad to see us go back to. Uh, four in the back and more to our normal shape. Um, there's one guy on Miami. I don't really know any of the players on other teams because I don't care. I'm just kidding. That's not exactly true. But I didn't really know any of the Miami players. But um, I'll never, I'll never forget Duke because he was such a, he was such a little pester on the field. So um, happy, happy to see him get a yellow card always. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's it's a, it was. A, I'm looking at the numbers because I didn't have a second to look at it uh yeah that the game was so close so even the possession the position was 55 to 45 for us um they uh the, our accuracy actually this is a good mm-hmm. thing to mention here our accuracy been consistent in the high 80s for a while now so the first game that we mentioned was the dc united game we were 85 mm-hmm percent uh this game is 86 so our accuracy is really great our ball handling which in soccer uh if you don't lose the ball you don't create an an offense counterattack for the other teams so that's a great thing but in the nutshell I think the formation was amazing we played uh 4-1-4-1 um, it's a very condensed in the middle. It's very congested and try to hold in the middle by, and this is the fun part, by a lot of the offensive players, which is amazing. But I think this is another thing that the versatility mm-hmm. of the Orlando City team um, as a team with all these uh, talented and very skillful players making Oscar Perea uh, in a good dilemma, which is which how I gonna play next game because now he doesn't need to stick with one uh, format all the time. He can change it um, from one game to another to match the team in front of you. Even as we agreed that there's some formation doesn't make sense like what he did in DC United. All right, let's talk about Colorado. Speaking of the bottom of the table, oh boy, yeah, that game, that game, I didn't understand what's happening because we were doing great. We were actually looking very good to score. Not one goal. We we could have scored like three goals, and suddenly in one goal in the second half, boom, they tie. And that's yeah. that's something I still don't understand. What's happening? It's in that round of sixty-five to seventy-five minutes. We lose focus, we get a goal, and the game ends. That's what happened in that game. It's the same happened in Atlanta. I don't understand what's happening. Yeah, it, it's really interesting. Um, you know, Galese played very well. Um, 
oh yeah you know as as per usual um but it was a different formation than than uh uh oscar put up for um the miami game this one was four four one one and i just think that there's that 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 switch to like more offensive minded that is fine until we score our first goal. And then everybody gets weird because we're in this offensive position, but they want to play park the bus, but never in a meaningful way. <laughs> it never like we are never able to keep the other team from scoring when we do that. It seems like the only way we keep the other team at bay is by continuing to be on the offense. And I just don't understand how how like that's been true. That's always been true of Orlando City from the first season. Anytime we we are up and we say, okay, you can just you can see it in their body language. They start to hang back. They want to play more defense. They're passing it all the way back to Galicia every game, you know, every every time they get the ball. And then somebody makes a mistake in the midfield and the other team can capitalize on it. And I feel like that's what happened with Colorado. Uh, I agree, but the numbers are not agreeing with you because the numbers showing that the position was 51-49. So they had the ball for a long time like us. So minute-wise, they have the ball. But they didn't... This is where it gets tricky. The thing that makes the game go to tie, it's the quality of the finishing. So we had a lot of opportunity on the goal. They had less opportunity on the goals. And the shots and on the target, we had seven and they have four. But they scored out of the four. While we had seven and one of them, I if I remember, it was pretty much clear goal. And they can't, they can't, Fukando Tours was supposed to score this, but he didn't. And that's that. That's the problem with our offense right now. Because if you look on this formation, never. It's not a great different from the game before that. So the game before that, we played, uh, we played Miami, and our formation was four, sort of four four one two. But the four four one was having Mauricio Pereira, so it looked like it's a four one four one. Where this one is four four one, and by by putting Akindele up at the top instead of Pereira in the middle. It does change the shape of the team because Akindeli is uh, is the urgent uh, uh, Kara in this. If you're comparing the two games, it's urgent Kara is replaced by Akindeli, by Tasho. The only change that he really did, he playing also uh, in the uh, 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 sorry, he playing um, Pato. Yes, he play Pato instead of playing Perea. This is the only difference. Yeah. Yeah, I just Pato's not going to come back on defense the way that Prey is going to. So I I don't know. I just I the yes. If you're going to play an offensive like a, an offense heavy lineup, which he was against Colorado, then you got to keep the foot on the gas. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I, and I absolutely agree with that. I absolutely agree that part of, that we we need to have some sort of management that when we do changes, we need to understand that we are what we need from the from the game. Do we mm-hmm. need to win, and or he just need a good result? Because that's may that make me ask. So when you do the substitution, when you did the substitution in the in the second half, 
why you didn't push people who can help that back like just pull somebody like schlegel and mm -hmm. block the whole whole backfield or put somebody like uh at that time he has sebas mendes put sebas mm -hmm. mendes pull pato put sebas mendes uh, sorry uh pull uh pull um yeah pull Pato and put Sebas Mendes and call it the day and close it in the back and or yeah. pull Schlegel uh in and put uh, and pull Urso so you have some sort of control in the middle. But yeah I don't understand. And Antonio Carlos scared me a couple of times <laughs> in the game when he was uh start to um having some pain and he was uh, have a long injury time. So the game was a cluster. The so as we as we move into the Atlanta game, um, it's the same formation from the Colorado game, and maybe Perez just said, you know, all, all we need is a draw on the road, and that's fine. That's a way to do it. There's a lot of game management, so we went with the same formation, the four four one one, and um, again we score early. Great, wonderful. Five fifth minute, and it was a great goal. Yeah. It was a it was a chef's kiss goal. It was a very very old style uh, a, a foul on the 18th feet go, uh, box. It went over the wall to the corner with a little bit of curly in it. It was mm, mm -hmm. chef kiss. <laughs> I'm doing it with my yeah, hand. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. Then the game went blah, literally. Yeah, it was it was just blah. Atlanta. So Miami is our rival, but Atlanta is our real rival, and I just don't. It did not yes. look like we were playing a team that we have history with. It looked like a very blah game after that initial goal. And that's that's inter very interesting and weird because something that we. I think we used to it right now since we brought Oscar as a coach. The one thing that we had it consistent since day one of Oscar Perea is the heart of this team. Mm -hmm. And I have no clue why this game, we lost our heart. For some reason, we will not pushing. I think it's because how many games they played in in 21, in, sorry, in two weeks, we played, uh, we played DC, then we play Miami, and then we play Colorado, and we play Atlanta. So we play a game every five days. Yeah, less than that. So five, four, four days. Yeah. So we play five days to Atlanta, uh, to Miami from D.C. Then in four days we play Colorado. Then in three days we played uh, Atlanta. And that will, that will take, a, take a toll on your body and take a, a lot of recovery. And I don't think they have a lot of recovery. I don't know if you guys... Um, follow any of the player but there is a video of Antonio, Antonio Carlos and Junior Urso in the plane I think they were going to Atlanta and uh, Junior is literally sleeping and Antonio uh, put some water on his head to wake him up and he didn't move <laughs> that's how tired they are yeah. they are exhausted yeah. they are exhausted and when he he got awakened he looked at him as if what the heck you're yeah. doing dude and he went back to sleep that's how tired yeah. they are. And I think this is also um, why 
we see very interesting and doesn't make sense formation from Oscar to try to rotate the players. But it's but not also, a lot of, it's a lot of the same players just playing in different That's positions. what I was about to say. It's, it's, that's what I, I'm like, we, you know, play some, if, if, if all you're looking for is a draw, I don't know, like pull some guys from OCB. Like we got some bench players. Like, I don't know. That's fine. I'm fine with resting players, but you're putting them you're, they're still going through the same thing. They're just playing out of position. It doesn't. It doesn't make sense to me. And I agree, hundred percent. Because if Oscar trying to see, because it sounds like Oscar is trying to uh, test and see if a player play in a certain position outside of his normal position, how he got or she, uh, sorry, how he gonna play in that position uh, and how mm-hmm. he gonna react. But this is, shouldn't be in those games. This is, should be before the season. And he know, yeah, uh, Tashu can play a, a front as a forward and sometimes as a winger. I don't need to, yeah. to try it again. I don't need to test Benji in the winger. And I gotta t- I want to talk about that because he doesn't look good in that position at all. And I think yeah. he start to lose a lot of his, um, a lot of his. Uh, self-confidence yesterday in the game of arsenal you can see him he doesn't know what he gonna do next with the ball i don't know if you noticed that or not but it it, it's worry me how it well and just the the shape has led to there not really being people moving it's this crazy thing i'm like no one comes back on defense but still somehow there's no one in the box ever when somebody like, wants to make – like there's always only one guy uh, for someone to pass to. And, you know, so Ruan makes these great runs. He's so fast. He's, you know, got great ball handling, blah, blah, blah. He gets down to the touchline and he's about to, you know, make a cross into the box. And it's just one guy with four defenders. Yeah. And you just – that obviously doesn't work. And since we don't really build through the midfield, we just have either a long ball or – Someone who's fast can take it up the line. Like we aren't really like doing a lot of passing in the midfield. It's the same that we do on defense. We wait till we get to the 18 and then everybody stands there. And I just, I, I can't understand it. Um, and the idea yeah. of us uh, also sitting back and try to hold the game. It's not going to work. I don't know if you look at it. The, it does not work. I don't know. It does not work. I don't know if you saw that, that, the percentage on position of that game, that's the problem. That's the bigger pro- problem. That Atlanta has 62% position, and we were 30. Yeah. So we don't have that, what you just said earlier, uh, Nefer, that in the beginning uh, when you said we don't have anybody can handle the ball or defense in the middle. That's the problem mm-hmm. because the 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 importance of having a mind a defender mind in the midfield they became the rock that breaks the the offense of the other players so we can protect our defense from all getting overwhelmed plus we need somebody in the midfield and i'm going to mention somebody we don't like to mention a lot nani that as much as we didn't like how he played but he played a crucial piece in that team last year by having the ball and hold the ball in the midfield. We need somebody can mm-hmm. dribble, can hold the ball, can have a, an, an, a very good vision of the field that uh, can pass the ball to open areas so we can waste time. If we want to waste time, 
to get the game to one nil of the game. Uh, player that we mentioned, I'm, I was talking to you about before the game is uh, Mohamed Elimi, which is number 25 in Arsenal. He's an Egyptian mm-hmm. player. He played in midfield in Egypt, and that's his job. That's his sole job in Egypt and Arsenal. He's a ball handler. He doesn't have any good skills other than ball handling. He get the ball, mm-hmm. he stand on the ball, and he pass the ball. He's actually one of the top players in the world on his passing accuracy because uh, he never pass get the ball out of his foot unless it's going to somebody in his team. Mm-hmm. That's 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 the job that we need in the midfield. It, we need to figure it out. We have an open DP, Oscar Perea, uh, whoever gonna make a deal. Please, we need somebody there. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I I I feel strongly the same. Um, we should talk about the Arsenal game. I know it was a friendly, so yes. it's not you know critical. I will say we looked pretty good in the first half. Uh, some commentators said in the first sixty minutes. I I can believe that we were we were strong aggressive. Um, I will say in the first half it seemed like Arsenal had more of their less lesser known players playing, and we had our starting players. So that was a better matchup than when we were putting in uh, people who are less experienced for Orlando City as they were putting in their starters. So it makes sense that the game went the way that it did. Um, yes. I will say that once we got into the 60th minute, we looked intimidated. We played intimidated. And uh, there was very little aggression. It was like for fear of being beat like uh, on runs, they like just hung back. And I just, it once again, doesn't make any sense to me. It's a friendly. It doesn't matter. Like, this is where you should be, like, trying crazy things. Like, send the long balls past, you know, like, do things that are more aggressive because it doesn't matter. And we were already losing. So it just felt like, why not take some risks? What does it matter if we lose by, four, like, four to one instead of three to one, you know, it, it wouldn't have changed anything about the night. And so I just, that's, that's always my, uh, my wish for these. I would tell you, I was actually going to answer your yeah. question, why it matter. Because when you go to look at Charlotte and Chelsea last night, they tied. Yeah. You look at, uh, you look at who, uh, you look at Minnesota and uh, who were, oh yeah, they were playing Everton and they beat them three yeah. zero. That's that's that it's the bargain rights. Yeah, uh, but if you but if you but, but who like so all the more reason to take risks if you're already losing. But Arsenal is a different class. Yeah. Let, oh, let's I, I, I'm aware. Here. Let's agree here. Arsenal is a different class. Yes. And once Jesus got into the game, this team suddenly will put a new gear and say bye Felicia to Orlando City. Uh, it, 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 that's the difference. I think Oscar was trying to make us look good and doesn't lose by a lot. Because I will tell you that before the game started, I was hanging out with a couple of our common friends. And I was telling our friend that, hey, I wish we don't lose six today. That's how, how bad it, 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 the difference between Arsenal and Orlando yes. City. However, However, I would say that Arsenal look very, very weak in front of Orlando City in the first half. And I will tell you, they start with 
a lot of their starter. So their goalkeeper is a starter. Uh, their back, there's three player in the back. They are starter. Uh, Nini is starter. Martinelli, uh, Pepe are starter. So they have a more than 50% was the yeah. starter. Uh, Jesus, by the way, he's just got signed. That's a new mm-hmm. signage that happened uh, a couple weeks ago. The other player that didn't play, and that's the really the one that I was hoping if he played that will consider really a very they're very close to first team playing our main starter is Saka, Biako Saka because Biako Saka is is a different level. He's amazing. He's just twenty years old and he's he's amazing. Yeah. So Arsenal was not hundred percent, but they were close to their very strong level and we did a very good game with them in the first half second half that's my question to oscar prey you begin to realize that the team you're playing is very strong you realize the player the team that you are uh, trying to compete with is really uh pushy and all of this pressure coming to you why you don't think about playing develop your defense learn how to to try Blocking, try something, and begin to depend on the counterattack. Mm-hmm. But the problem is our team doesn't know how to do counterattack. There is a ball of Benji Michel, get the ball from closer to the midfield, and he starts running. Then he saw two players, and he didn't know what to do. Matt Turner didn't – he literally could have been doing handstands the entire time he was in. Like, we didn't – we were never – my seats were right in front of the 18 on the supporter section side. And when we were going in that direction, which was the second half, literally, I didn't, nothing happened in front of me. <laughs> like a player stretching. That's the best I got. Um, some of the Arsenal uh, bench line warming up. Um, so, you know, it was, it was a very one-sided in the second half. And I, I feel like there's a lot to, there's a lot of factors in this. We just played a game a few days ago in Atlanta we have the open we have we were playing Philadelphia on Saturday which is just a couple days later and we have the open cup semifinals next week like we just we continue to have this cadence of games so i was surprised that poppy put in as many starters as he did and i'm surprised for how long it took him to put in some of the um second team players and especially since it, i i understand all of the like bragging rights, all of the other things, but like Minnesota's not in the open cup. They don't, they, you know, they're done. And, uh, that's just how it is. So, you know, they have a few extra days of recovery this week. And so, uh, I, I don't know. I just, and again, they're playing Everton, which is a different thing than playing Arsenal. I feel like we held our own. I'm proud of our team. I think it was really good. Um, I just, I feel like if you're going to be out there, you're going to be Again, on rain delay, making it a later night, and all of those things. Like, I wish, I wish we would have been the. I wish we had been more aggressive and taken risks because this game, unlike the other games that are happening around it, it they don't have any implication for where we end the season. Yeah. And we are, we are getting into a very big part of the season. This is the second half of the season that need, we need to focus on and play for something real which is simply we need to go to further in the playoff than sticking on the first round of playoff trying to win us 
the the Open Cup, mm-hmm. which we need to talk about about playing Red Bull um, on the twenty seventh, which is going to be an interesting game. But I will say also, I am grateful that we didn't lose how DC United lost to Bayern Munich. Did you see? Did you see the score? It's a six two. I did not see the score. Yeah, six two. <laughs> Well, and, and who knows what decisions their co- – you know, but their coaching staff may have made the decision that they're just going to play young players. I don't know. I didn't watch the game. so I, I didn't watch the game. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. You know, we've got uh, – what do we have? Uh, 13 games left in the season and the Open Cup. Hopefully, we've got two more Open Cup games. Um, you know, so we're, we are coming into the part of the season where we historically start to lose it, and I need us to stay yes. locked in. So I'm really excited. I want to talk real quick about I'm sad to see Sebas Mendes leave because yeah. I like him so much as a player. Um, but I think that you're right in something that you said um, that, he, that he, his style never really quite gelled with Poppy and his style. So it's probably for the best that he's moved on to other places. And we wish him all the luck with LAFC. Um, oh, my gosh. LAFC. They just have a lot going on. Um <laughs> I hope he gets they have minutes. The money. Yeah. And they have the money. They they got the money. That's simply. They get Kalini and uh, and uh, Gareth Bell. Then they go and get Mendes. And they get Mendes for money? How much money they have? Yeah. But I, I will say I, I feel like uh, they got the better end of the deal in terms of, like, money. Um, I feel yes, like they got they, him for a song. So, Whatever. Um, I am really excited about this new guy, Nico. Yeah, he's young. I don't know how to say his last yeah, name. He's young. He's really young. He's hungry. And uh, he wants he, to prove he's himself. He's trying. Yeah, he wants to prove himself, not just in the MLS, but to the U.S. national team. And I feel like anytime you have players who are trying to get a spot on their national team, they're going to play hard for your club. And so I'm excited to see what he'll bring. I think it's going to be a really good addition. Um We'll we'll just see how it goes. He is um he's a forward, which I'm like we're a little bit. I feel like we're a little bit heavy as at forward, uh, <laughs> and we really do need to shore up that midfield. So I'm hopeful that with Sebas leaving, we will have the opportunity for some defensive minded midfielders. I hope, like you said, that we get a DP in that space because we need somebody with experience. We don't need. We don't need a new guy. We need somebody who knows what they're doing. So I was at first, uh, I am so excited for Nico. He is actually played in quite, uh, he's young. He's just 21 years old. He just turned 20, not, 21 a couple days ago. Um, and he is just uh, coming from a great experience. If you look at where he played, he played mostly in France. And he play, mm-hmm. played for Paris. FC, which is the small team of Paris Saint-Germain. Uh, he played for Montpellier, which is another good team in France, and he's coming from there. And I think this is a great thing because this is him coming hungry to try to join the um, the World Cup team, especially he played eight games with the national team, which is the uh, the cup last year, the Golden Cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, where he going to play? I actually disagree with you. He's not going to play forward. I think he's going to play instead of Benji. He's going to be the winger. 
because he played both. He he played forward and winger. Yeah, but I think he. I saw, I saw that he could play anywhere in the yeah. top three. I just I what I'm saying more is I feel like the the midfield is where we need more oh, surety, yeah. and we, that's not we, what we have. That's we what need I'm saying. A he he he'll be great up top, but we also need people who can score because for whatever reason. Torres is the only one who seems like he consistently scores out of our I top think, three. I so. agree with you, but I think the problem is not who score. Uh, it's the problem of who supplying the balls. To, Who's setting like it up. Like yep. yesterday in one of our chat, our group chat, somebody said, we need somebody to send the ball, not to the wild. That's exactly what we need. We yeah. need a very... Yeah. Um, a very good defender because sorry defender now and a very good way midfielder, midfielder uh, leaning toward the winger because we the one who used to do that for us Ruan but Ruan is a little bit toward the back now to help with the defense situation in the back so we need the one of the three on top that uh, get get to play more of uh, the Kirby to to the middle field goals. The next two games coming up are Philadelphia Union, who are the top of the table. Do you think Poppy should just let this one be happy with a draw? Is that what we should play for at home? Um, also, Arsenal and Chelsea are playing literally like three blocks away. The start time is 30 minutes difference. I like don't know who scheduled these things. It makes zero sense to me. Um, just poor planning, all in all, I yeah, think. Yeah, I, I looked at this and I was... So why are we playing at five? So I understand Chelsea and Arsenal playing at five because it's uh, the time that they can match what's happening in uh, at the time that it's good for people in UK to watch the game. But it doesn't make sense why we are keeping our game at five. So that's... No, our game is at 7.30 and I thought the Chelsea-Arsenal game was at 8. Oh, I was looking. But no. I was looking at a different game, sorry. Yeah, our game is 6.30, which is 7.30 because my time is showing where I am in Central right now. So 6.30, yes. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, because that's so late for uh, Europe. Yeah, so Arsenal-Chelsea is at 8 p.m. local time. And Orlando City is at 7.30 local time. And I just don't understand. Like, people would have been so happy to go... Watch Orlando play at five and then go to the Chelsea Arsenal game immediately after, you know, like people would have had a great day, but now people are having to make choices. Anyway, the whole thing is just kind of weird. Um, But anyway, I think the Philadelphia game for me, a draw would be a good, um, would be a good result in light of Philadelphia being at the top of the table and we have an open cup game on Wednesday. So for me, that feels like it would be a good situation. And I think that's what Poppy gonna probably do. Because I hope he plays some of the, not all the starters, so that we can have our starters. Yeah, and I think he need to make to have a good and uh, make a decision. He had he has a decision to make here, if he uh, value to uh, put the old effort to win the game against Philadelphia, or compromise a little bit in in favor of beating New New York Red Bulls, which is a more important game in that context because that game will take us to the final. It's maybe get us one step closer to getting finally a trophy. So, yes, that's 
gonna be interesting how he gonna manage or sacrifice for this game. Yeah, and I think it really matters what um, you know the ownership in the front office. What's more important to them, right? Because right now, where we are in the table, we would make the playoffs. I, th- I think we can. I think we can make a run for the whole thing. To be honest, I think our team on any given week could go against any team, and and could could win. Uh, you know, it's one. It's just one of those things. But do we want the hardware? Do we want the tur- you know to win the tournament? We just really haven't won anything since we've become an MLS club. And when we were USL, we won everything, and people sort of have expectations around that. And so, um, you know, with the new ownership, I-, I just wonder if like getting a something you can actually like hang up in the hallway is more important right now, or if it's more important to have a higher seating going into the MLS Cup. I just don't know. It's going to be a very rough two games, to be honest. It's um, Saturday and Wednesday, so it's five game, five days game in between. And I was looking at the rest of our games, some of the uh, not very hard games in front of us. So we have New England at home. We have Charlotte away. We have Seattle coming to us, but we still have... New York City, uh, we have Philadelphia away, uh, we have uh, City again away. So we have a balanced schedule. So we can we drop? I hope not. We drop down after Cincinnati, but it's closer. We are only three three points away from Cincinnati. So uh, yeah, it's gonna be. It's just gonna be interesting. I'm I'm excited to see what's gonna happen. I feel like we have a lot of opportunity if we can bring in another um player in the transfer window i don't even know when the transfer window closes but it's pretty soon right i believe so uh, i think it's uh, close that very close so it'd be it'd be great if we could get one more um you know one more one more transfer in um in the coming into the end of the season i think it would really help us so yeah, anyway, there's a lot we could talk about. There's a lot going on, but yeah. this is getting to be a long episode. Thanks for hanging with us. Um, we're excited to be back in a couple weeks and talk about all the things that happen as we close out July and uh, get into the beginning of August, if you can believe it. So thanks for listening. And have a great uh, week, ahead, week ahead of you guys.